Alright, so in the middle of food. Yeah, we're in the middle of food. Geschmack. Always Geschmack talking about food. Okay, so we yesterday started the inyanim of Muktzamach um, Moskufa as it replies to various types of leftover food, and we discussed raw fish and raw meat. Today, Beis Hashem, we're going to move on to the sugya. I'll try to finish it today. There's a lot to do. You have to understand that. I just want to, you know, make a disclaimer. We could spend two or three shiurim on at least on each individual shit that we're giving on now, that is just so much. It's just incredible, right? Why don't we? And we should, but there's a lot more to learn, and we've got to get to other places as well. And we've got to get to Muqtza. There's a ton more still to go. We didn't even discuss Graf Shalei. We didn't even get to Bosses. We didn't even get to, like, you know, Tiltum and Adsad, Tiltum and There's so much, so much, so much to do. So, Be'ez Hashem, let's try to see what we can finish today. So, one of the sugars that we mentioned yesterday that we're going to do today, and that is frozen food. What is the din? And this is, again, when you open up the freezer and you want to get to something that's obviously okay on Shabbos, like, for example, the ice cream or whatever, and you've got other foods in the way. For example, frozen foods. What is the din with something that is frozen? So, the general... Uh, can say like this with Moshe, with Shlomo Zalman, with Bissin Karelet Zatzal, with Biyayma, Osnidru, and other Poiskim as well, that they say it depends. If it's something that basically cannot be eaten in the way that it is, which is most frozen things, then it's going to be Mokhtar. But if it's something that can either be eaten this way, for, I'll give you an example. You could have cookies, for example, in the freezer, right? Biscuits, right? They're totally frozen. Could you eat them? Musk. Yeah. We can eat them, right? Well, we can figure it out. We can figure it out. You can eat them, right? It's more. What do you mean? It's, it's broke hard. To, but the you can eat. Nothing will happen, right? It, it works. The same thing with challah, even, right? Sometimes you're, you're missing a lecha mishnah, so you chop a challah out of the freezer. So it's mukta. Hey, give it a couple of minutes, and it's already you know the tops already defrosted. You can rip it off. You can figure it out. Any food like that is not going to be mukta. But if you've got, for example, and we're not talking about raw food, we're not talking about raw chicken, raw meat, raw fish, we discussed that yesterday. Now we're talking about raw, we're talking about cooked, but totally frozen. Right, if you've got, for example, a um, frozen chicken soup. What's the dinner of a ch- frozen chicken soup? It's ices. It's ices? Whoa. Nice. You would do that, really? Put them in popsicles, popsicles, and like, get them out that way? Here's chicken soup popsicles. No? Jacob likes it. I think we should try it one time. We're going to Friday night meal. Give that ISIS. Okay, so that obviously is Mugta. But why is it Mugta? Not because people don't eat it that way. More than that, why is it Mugta? More of the. Why is it Mugta? It's not edible. It's not edible? So I'll let it fast a bit. It's for later, that's what, what's later? Oh, okay, that's already... Whether we make it gzeira, you're going to come to eat it up, I don't know. But the way to prepare this food is by Bishol, and Bishol is also. You think I have to crush it? No, that's true. It's also to crush it, that is correct. But there's no gzeira you may come to crush it. That we don't say. So Al when it comes to frozen food, it really depends on what the situation is. Uh, cakes, cookies, and, and the challahs will generally not be mukta. Um... Uh, what about, for example, let's say, for example, you have a, a fruit compote or something like that, right? Now, theoretically, that really wouldn't be mukta. Why? So just wait, let it, let it defrost and eat it for dessert. Like, what's the big deal? Unless it's right before Matzah Shabbos. Meaning, if it's, it's like by Shalashida's time, so then already, it's not going to defrost in time, then for sure it's going to be mukta. So you have to watch out in the freezer to make sure uh, about a few things. Number one, boyre. 
obviously be very careful in the freezer not to do boira. And the second one is not to touch things that are mukta. Let's move on. What about what? To touch mukta is okay. So we'll talk about Toto Benatzada taking something out and something else gets moved automatically. That will be okay. Now, what about crumbs? Are crumbs mukta? No. Crumbs are not mukta, right? Hala crumbs are not mukta? No. Why not? Because people eat it. So you're talking about during the Suda. So I saw many of the Svarim Akadoshim bring down that you cannot eat them after the Suda. I mean, no, you cannot eat them, but they're Mukta after the Suda because nobody eats them. Now, it's not such a kasha that I saw in a bunch of Svarim. You know how it goes with these kits of Svarim. Each one copies of the other one. So generally, if you find it in one, it's going to be in a few of them, right? That's how it is, right? But Lanias Daiti, I don't think, right, that the crumbs, even after the Suda. Now, it's true. Have you ever met anybody that says, Ooh, there's crumbs. Let's eat them. One second, we need to wash and bench. Let's go over to wash. I don't think so, right? They barely do that with a bagel or a baguette or a, or a shawarma or a falafel because you have to bend. Never mind the crumbs. But I'll come on it. To say that a person has no das on it whatsoever. So I discussed this. I, I discussed it. I, I can't really come up with such a chedish myself against like, all the all the svarim. No, I'm not talking about being zealous on them. I'm talking about the They're on the table. I want to clean up the table. Can I, can I do this after the meal? I benched already. Are crumbs mukta or not? Many, many swarm bring down that crumbs after benching are not mukta. Because nobody uses them. Shlomi, you knew this? What are you supposed to do? What does that mean? What, as I, what am I meant to do? You wrap up the tablecloth and don't touch the crumbs. Th- then you've got a problem. However, I think that they are mukta. And they are not mukta after the su'uda, after benching. And I discussed this with that Goyna Godlu, Bizwil, Obach, Shlita, and Rafalk. Your side's tomorrow. Shimon, note that one down. Okay, that's right, that's right. And they both were him to me. And they said, absolutely right. I've after the su'uda. No, what? You don't, it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm not touching crumbs anymore. Right? So in Echanami, therefore, that's why there's no problem. Lani has deity with crumbs at the end of the meal. But that's why crumbs by bread. What about crumbs of like meat? What, for example, if you eat, let's say, Mori, where are you? Uh, shepherd's pie. Eat good shepherd's pie. There's some crumbs of the meat. You guys in America could call it crushed meat, right? That's what you call it. No, min- uh, what do you call it? Ground, ground, ground meat. We call it mince meat. Okay, so you have the crumbs of meat. Is that mokta? That's the shy It's already a small thing, so maybe no one's going to eat it. Maybe it's mokta because no one's going to talk and no one's going to look at it. No, this maybe is better than challah. Because by challah, no one's going to wash to eat challah after benching. But here, a piece of meat, so I'll pick it up. It's not a big deal, right? So that's what the post can generally say. When it comes to other food crumbs, there is no problem whatsoever, okay? And the general halacha is with all leftover food. For example, what's the din if you have leftover food on the table? Does it become mukta? I'm about to throw it in the garbage. Does it become mukta? Yeah, I'm, I'm finished. I'm cleaning up for the meal. I'm, I've finished the suda. I'm finishing for the meal. I've got leftover food on the table. Does that become mukta? Huh? You may eat it, you may eat it, you may change your mind, you may put it in the fridge, you may put it in the freezer, whatever. So that for leftover food generally is not going to be mukta in that case. Beautiful, Rabbi side. Let's move on. Now we're going to go to the next sugya, which is peels, pits, and shells. Okay, when you've got seeds and pits inside fruits and vegetables, when you've got uh, peels of fruits and vegetables, you've got eggshells, all these sorts of things, right? So right now we're not going to discuss how to peel things on Shabbos. Because most of us are familiar with the last Ramon, the end of Simon Yutes. That talks over there, brings a the Primagon that you're allowed to peel a banana. Why not to peel a banana, by the way? Isn't that boyer? Isn't that classic boyer? You can't eat otherwise. Yeah. Oh, so you, you can do whatever you want if you can't eat otherwise. You can flip on a light switch because I can't eat what you want for me. I can't eat. Yeah. Is that a heta? Yeah. 
Hashem didn't make food that you can't eat? What does that mean? Yeah, that would be the nuts would be the same thing. Right. That's exactly that's for Shaila. To open a banana. The Heilige Aimitzvibel. Who who didn't see the Heilige Klosenberger ever doing the Aimitzvibel before the Sida? I wouldn't be crying and doing tshuva at that time. That's what they used to say about the Heilige Klosenberger ever. If you, if you just watch to make the ayam mitzvibel, for those people that don't speak Yiddish, it's the egg and the onion on Shabbos morning. And he used to do by the suda, by the table, he would do it. Bishas Maisa, people Pasha would cry in tshuva watching him make the ayam mitzvibel. Ah, unbelievable. All right, the Litzvax, calm down. Calm down. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay, move on. Next story. Okay, so. Maybe it's good with me. That's it. We've got Japan now, actually. Okay, let's move on. Um, where are we? Okay, so the general halacha is like this. This is the general halacha. If it's roy for an animal, then it's not mukta. If it's not roy for an animal, then it is mukta. Okay, so let's take a couple of examples, right? Let's take an example, we'll spe- try to quantify and specify this halacha. If you have an eggshell, is an egg, does any animal eat eggshells? No. I mean, there are actually, but... Yeah, there are animals that eat eggshells, the Gemara says. But general animals that we have hanging around, like weird animals upstairs and outside, you've got other animals and these things, they don't eat eggshells. So an eggshell is 100% moksha. It's moksha machmas gufoy. You cannot move it. What? You've got a big problem if it's on the counter. Who told you to put it on the counter? Who told you to put it on the counter? That, by the way, yes, you should. You should peel it directly onto the garbage. The question is, if it's on the counter, it's on a klisha malachta yisa. You can't move it because they need the place. That's only by klisha malachta yisa. It's a muktza machmas kufay. What? Shell in the salad. Shell in the salad. They have a problem with boy. It will kill you anyway. Who? Sour first. That's animal food. Um, okay. What is the kal shabal shulchanot po? Yeah, of course. Anything that's not roy the Michael Adam for sure and Michael Behema is going to be muktza. Now. The problem is like this. The Shulchan Aruch says, it's not good enough. Rabbi said, this will be enough to mean where you live. Listening is very important. It depends which Moshav you're going to choose. Says the Shulchan Aruch, which again is the Gemara, if it's roi for an animal, but there are no animals around, so what does that help that it's roi for an animal? You're not going to give it to an animal. What's the whole site? The whole site is, when I peel a banana, let's say, and I have a couple of monkeys down the street, Paseda. So I'm going to give it to the monkeys. Mimela, it's not mukta. But if I don't have any monkeys here, or if you do, and you're not going to give it to them, uh, you should know I spent time calling people that own dogs to ask them this question. There are certain foods that are roy the clovin, that are roy for dogs. Would you let somebody come to your house once a week and just give you a bunch of like leftover stuff? This is not a chance. No way. He wouldn't do that. Why? They're very mukbid what they give them. They're very mukbid on the same thing. They want to give them the right vitamins and they want to give them the right, you know, the balance. Of the, they're not just going to let you just give whatever it is. So, Mimela, even if something is roy for a dog, but A, you don't have the dog in your vicinity, or you're not going to give it to a dog because the guy's not going to let you, Mimela, you don't have a dog. If you don't have a dog, there's no dog. Mimela, this is going to be mukta. So, every peel or pit that we deal with, has to be in a situation where it's roy and it's shire, then I'm going to give it to that animal. My man, it doesn't come to What about half animals? What if you've got dogs hanging around? One second. You can open it because you're allowed to open it. The question is, what do you do with the peel? And the halami. It's mukta. Mukta machmas You're stuck. We'll talk about it. 
We'll talk about it. Nuts, the same thing. Right? We'll have to talk about this. What, what do you do with the, the shells of the nuts? over the the pile that's going to be up over there, right? What's going to be with all the... With, with all the what's going to be? Like, what, what are you going to do with it? Okay, so we're going to have to talk about Graf Shorei. Sometimes there's a heta, Levi Yitzchak. Sometimes there's a heta, if something is disgusting, then you're allowed to move it. Now, we'll have to define what the word disgusting means. And there may be a difference between what a yeshiva bocha looks as disgusting and what the normal world looks as disgusting as well. Right? So we'll have to define that. But before... We'll have to, yeah, exactly. We'll have to define all that. But um, without all that, right, Shlomo, are you with me? So far, so good. If a peel is not right for an animal, even, by the way, Rav Eliashev said that even if you've got hefka animals hanging around, that's not called having an animal. Because it's a hefka animal, and therefore you don't have to feed it, and no one has to feed it, and therefore it's not included in that. So that's generally going to be the din when it comes to. What about, what, Rabbi, so what about Adjuim? Adjuim. No, what am I saying? Adrian, no. Hello? What is this, Chinese? Hello? Adrian, Mish Mish. What is it? What is it? Adrian, Mish Mish. What is it? Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, Apricot. Apricot, sorry, okay. I'm going to say it in the corner of all sheeters. In this country, in this country, if you want to be the most popular boy in Cheda, you've got to have the most Adjuim seeds. That's how it works. Tamaskiriti? Is the seed, right? Is the seed? Hundred percent. Is the seed? Tamaskiriti? If you want to be the most popular boy in Cheda, you have to have the most seeds. Ali Maskim? Ali's Maskim. There we are. See? Okay. If you want to be the most popular boy, you have these seeds, and you get your, you get your parents to buy you as many apricots as possible, so that you will be the most popular boy in Cheda. I'm going to eat them. I'm going to eat them. Very good. Very good. Okay. Are those Mokta? Nobody can eat them. There's rock as anything. A hard. Not even an animal eats them. Yeah, kids play with it. Kids play with it. So if kids play with it, they'll before Shabbos, then there wouldn't be a problem. Because they'll miyachet it. Once they miyachet it for usable purposes, then it is going to be okay. By the way, any pit that has with it fruit that's attached to it is not going to be mokta. I'll give an example. Avocado. Is an avocado pit mokta? The item knows the famous mice, right? Nah, that doesn't know the famous yeah, mitzvah. Which one? You know the one to what? <laughs> Come on. Okay, I'm going to say it over. This is so gishmak. This is unbelievable. This is the shadow I got. There's a couple in... Should I say the name where it is? Yeah, I could say where it is. It's fine. Kiryat Sefer. Okay, it's, it's okay. No, no, no. This is more than a shadow, I say. It can only happen in Kiryat Sefer such a shayla. It's absolutely mind-boggling. It reminds me of the letter I received from Kiryat Sefer from somebody that wants to know if they're allowed to Malta Shabbos put the tablecloths from the Milchik Suda and the tablecloths from the Fleischik Suda in the Zelba washing machine. Or is that a shayla of Bishel Basta in the washing machine? I have the letter still. Anyway, so this shayla came in like this, okay? A mother was about... <laughs> a woman was about to give birth. Okay, so so it's mamish. It was mamish erev Shabbat. There we go. I said it over here. I said it in the shin. I said it here, and not one of you remember it. Hashem Yerachim. I didn't say it. Daniel said I didn't say it. Daniel said I didn't say it. So like, it goes like this. Somebody says a lady was about to give birth on erev Shabbos Kodesh. Okay, it was erev Shabbos. 
Her husband starts taking the suitcases, he's ready to go. She says, listen, there's, you know, can I and her 17 kids at home? They need you more than I need you in the hospital. What are you going to do there anyway, apart from say to heal him? So, Mela, you stay at home with the kids. I'll go. So he says, I have a problem. What's the problem? The problem is, what happens if the baby is born mamish at the moment of Shkia? And then to feed the prima godim, you've got to do a Shalom Zacha that Friday night. And therefore, I'm not going to know to make a Shalom Zacha. No one's going to call me in the, in the hospital. They're not going to call me. I'm not going to answer the phone. I'm stuck. How am I going to make a Shalom Zacha? What am I going to do? Right? Baruch Hashem. This, this, this was his worry. So therefore, she said, Echobe Eitzah. What's the Eitzah? We're going to open up an avocado. You think, huh? I open up an avocado. We'll take out the pit. And we'll put the, put the pit into water. Now, Cole's man... The pit is in water. The avocado that it came from will stay green. She's like this. I'm going to take the pit with the water in the cup to the hospital. You'll keep the avocado at home. If I have a baby, if I see it's going to be right before Shkia, if I see it's mamish happening then, so I'm going to take out the avocado pit and the avocado by you will go brown. You will know, oh, baby boy, Shalom Zacha. If I leave it in, the avocado remains green, you'll know, realize it's either not happened or it's a baby girl, and therefore everything's okay, you have to make a Shalom Zacha. Now, whether that works and exactly what the distance is, I have no idea. But that's what it did. Now, Shaila was, is taking out the avocado pit, if Lutsu would have been after Shkia, would that be an Issa of Koitza? Right? Do we say that if you have a seed in the ground, how it works exactly and how long you're higher for, if you take it out when it's in the water, do we consider that to be an act of of uprooting something from its growing environment? We've got a ton more to do, but it's already 10 o'clock. So tomorrow we'll have to discuss more about pits. What to do is leave you some kasha. What do I do in a maisa? I want to take them out of my mouth. Am I allowed to take a pit out of my mouth? I eat a watermelon. Am I allowed to take the pit out of my mouth? Or is it mukta? Or any of these things? What do I do with it? The mice, if it's in my mouth, tomorrow we'll go to the sugar. Have a beautiful day.